please take your seats. Let me add my welcome to Isaiah's. It's a joy to have you with us this evening, special evening as we welcome in the new year with worship. Kaylee, thanks, Joanne. And uh, just with a great time just to seek God together. What, what, this is probably the best thing we could be doing at this moment. Uh, so my, if, you, if you're visiting us with us tonight, very warm welcome. My name's Pete, pastor here at Destiny. And uh, you're our guest, and it's great to have you here. Uh, so there was a, 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 a man and a lady, went, husband and wife, went to the doctors one day, and the doctor, uh, having s- inspected the husband and done an, some investigations, uh, he asked the husband to step outside for a minute, and he had a quiet word with the wife. He said to the wife, honey, this husband of yours, he's got a very serious stress condition, and uh, you know, if, if things don't change, he won't have long to live. So she says, okay, so what do I need to do? And he said, well, listen, every day you need to fix him the most amazing healthy breakfast. You need to be pleasant at all times. Cook him anything he ever wants. Cook him always his favorite meals. Don't burden him with any chores. And whatever you do, don't nag him or share any of your problems with him. And make sure you make love on a regular basis. And if you do this, I reckon give it 10 to 12 months and he'll make it. He'll make it. He'll survive. And anyway, that was the conversation, and as they got in the car and they're driving home, the husband turns to the wife and says, honey, what did the doctor say to you? And she says, honey, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. (laughs) Hearing those words, you're going to make it, Um, incredibly important, hearing those words, you're going to make it. You know, if, if, if you've been at a doctor's appointment and you have a scan, and he says to you, you're going to make it. Or you've, you've handed in your big project at university, and the, your tutor's read through your report, and he says, you're going to make it. Or you've had your uh, lawyer work with you in an immigration case, and, and it's kind of been, it's been up and down and up and down, but he gets to a point where he says, looks like you're going to make it. You're going to make it. I remember at one point in, uh, a number of years ago when I had a thing really concerning me in my soul, and God spoke to me. I remember distinctly, I walk out my driveway, God spoke to me, Peter, you're going to make it. I heard him say it to me. It was such a relief. It's like it just lifted the burden from me. It felt like it was, I was walking strong. Question is, as you're going into 2020, as you're going into this whole new year, as you go into this whole new decade, can we be sure you're going to make it? You know, can we say you're going to make it with all integrity? Well, this is what the Bible says. Let's, let's look at the, one of the last chapters in the Bible, and this is looking at Jesus himself, and this is what he says, Revelation 21, verse 6. You can read it with me. One, two, three. It is done. I am the Alpha and the omega, the beginning and the ends. Alpha and omega. What does that mean? He's not talking about cool Italian cars and Swiss watches, okay? Alpha and omega is the first letter and the last letter in the Greek alphabet. And when he's saying, I am the alpha and the omega, he's almost using the alphabet like a timeline, history. And he's saying, I was the one who birthed everything, and I am the one who will culminate everything. I was the beginning, 
And I was the ends, the ultimate beginning, and the ultimate ends is with God. That's good news. Also, the Greek alphabet, I guess alphabet, every single letter in the alphabet is from which we get our words, and from words we get sentences, and from sentences it conveys meanings. And Jesus is the words. He's the one, he's the Alpha and the Omega, he's, the, he's every, every sense of meaning. He is every communication. He is the ultimate truth. He is ultimate reality. That's what he's saying. I'm the Alpha, I am the Omega. And what does it mean for you and I? Well, first thing I want to say is this. I think it means ultimately you're going to make it. Ultimately, we're going to make it. I don't know if that helps you this year, but ultimately, you're going to make it. It's like the kids who went into the, into the, into the animal refuge, and he was picking a dog, and he was looking at all the different dogs. There was a patchwork one, and there was a little scruffy one, and a, but there's this little one over here, and his tail was going like crazy. And his mom and dad said to him, so what dog would you like, son? And he said, I want that one with the waggy tail. And he said, well, why do you want that one? He said, I like the one with happy endings. And I like the one with happy endings as well. That's why I like, they like the Disney movies, because they all have the happy endings. And I want to tell you that the Bible has a happy ending. Here we are at the end of the Bible. This verse, I am the Alpha and the Omega, it's the very end of the Bible, last couple of chapters in the Bible. And it's the ending. And the book of Revelation, as we studied it earlier this year, it's a, it's a book that describes upheaval and the rise and fall of nations and political turmoil and people in distress. You know, and Jesus at the end of that says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. Jesus at another point in the Gospels described the upheaval in the world. Matthew 24, verse 6. You will hear of, of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. These things such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places, and all these are the beginning of birth pains. Say birth pains. It doesn't say they're the beginning of the death pains. It says they're the beginning of the birth pains. So nations in turmoil, things in chaos, things all over the place in the world out there, it looks like everything's coming to a terrible end. But actually, that's not the message of the Bible. It's not coming to death pains. It's coming into birth pains. You see, the future is the best. The future is actually not an ending, but a new beginning. This year, me and my wife had a huge uh, moment where our daughter left school, finished school. I remember the first day she ever went to school with her pigtails and her little rucksack on huge lump in my throat as I kind of waved her goodbye and kind of let her loose into the world. And then years later, this year, we're at the other end of her schooling history, and it was the last day of her high school. And now she's off to university. But I have to tell you, the last day of school wasn't the ending. It was actually the beginning of a whole new season. And when we come to the end of the Bible, it's not the end. And when we come to the end of the world, it's not the end. It's actually a new beginning. The last two chapters of the Bible echo the first two chapters of the Bible. The first two chapters of the Bible, there was no curse. Last two chapters of the Bible, there is no curse. God created a beautiful world, perfect, blemish-free. 
and God will recreate a perfect heaven and earth. There will be a new heaven and a new earth. And Jesus says, I am the Alpha, the one who started it all. I am the Omega. I am the one who will recreate it all. I am the beginning and the end. So ultimately, you're going to be okay. You know, when I was thinking about Christmas, I was reflecting on the amazing reality that God came into human existence and experienced humanity at every single level that you and I experience it. He experienced being in the womb. Then he experienced being alive, eating, drinking, and fellowshipping, and interacting with people. And then he experienced death in the tomb. Now, you and I experience, he, he experienced the womb before we were ever born. And yet we experienced the womb. He experienced the womb. We experienced the womb. He experienced being alive. We're experiencing being alive. He experienced the tomb. We will all experience that moment. But that's not where his story ends. He came alive. He went womb, alive, tomb, alive. Say womb, alive. Tomb, alive. Now we've only done the womb alive bit. You will do the tomb bit, but I've got good news for you. You'll do the alive bit. Because just as he walked in our footsteps, experienced humanity at every level, he also experienced a part of humanity that not one human being other than him has experienced yet. And that's called a resurrection body. Say, womb alive, tomb alive. Womb alive, tomb alive. He came into human existence to show us exactly what, how, exactly how human existence will go. And you have to understand there is ultimate hope for you. Ultimate hope. In the, in the Middle Ages, sailors dreamt of the possibility of a sea route from Europe all the way around the south, south of Africa to India. But mariners doubted it could be done because at the southern tip of Africa, where the Atlantic and Indian Oceans met, it was a stormy, turbulent water, and it was called the Cape of Storms. No one believed you could navigate a ship beyond that southern tip of Africa. But in the 16th century, the Portuguese explorer Vasco da Gama successfully managed to get round the Cape of Storms, and as he got round the Cape of Storms, he found himself beyond the wild waters into a a huge, calm ocean, and ahead of him was India. And they renamed the Cape of Storms the Cape of Good Hope. You know, death used to be our Cape of Storms. It used to be the seemingly impassable full stop to every human being's life. But since the resurrection of Jesus Christ, he's changed the Cape of Storms to the Cape of Good Hope. It's not an ending, it's just a whole new beginning. Ultimately, you're going to make it. Say, thank God. That's good news. Ultimately, you're going to make it. But what about today? What about this year? What about this decade? Well, I believe you're going to make it. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're going to make it. Jesus said, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Jesus is speaking from a perspective that you and I don't have. He's speaking outside of time. He's not stuck in time like we are. You know, we have a yesterday, a today, and a tomorrow. But Jesus is is the one, God is outside of time, and he's speaking outside of time 
into our time situation. You see, God's not just omnipresent in space. He's also omnipresent in time. He's, he's the God who was, who is, and already who is to come. So the Bible doesn't give us predictions of the future. The Bible shows us exactly how the future is as far as God is concerned. See, when Jesus said, it is done, say, it is done. It literally translates, everything has happened. Everything has happened. It is done. Everything has happened. I am the Alpha and the Omega. And the point is this, Jesus has already been at the end of your 2020. He's been, at the, he's been at your 2030. He's already been at the end of your year you're entering into. He's already been at the end of the decades. You're wondering how it's going to go. He's already been there. That's the amazing thing is. Jesus speaks to us into our situation as the one who is outside of time and who can speak with authority into our future. You see, the Apostle Paul, he went and planted a church one day in a place called Philippi. And as he planted the church there, he faced many, many challenges. He, he saw people come to faith, Lydia and the Philippian jailer, but he ended up being in prisons. And then as, as he was released from prison, he was kind of pushed out of the area and he went to see the believers and he had to leave hurriedly. He'd only planted the church recently. And I can imagine as a church planter, you've just started a church. You're having to leave town because of trouble. And you're thinking, are they going to make it? Are they going to make it? They seem so fragile. It seems so early stage. Are, are they going to be able to stand by themselves? And the apostle Paul left Philippi trusting God for the fruit that had begun. Years later, Paul wrote to the church in Philippi. So first of all, the church did survive. Paul wrote to the church in Philippi years later, and he said this, Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. Read this with me. 1, 2, 3. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. The apostle Paul left the church that he just planted, trusting God, the God who begins something, he finishes that something he begins. Remember years ago, uh, when I was just a kid, I remember mum and dad used to watch on television Masterminds. Anyone, anyone remember Masterminds? Right, a few of you. And Mastermind, you had Magnus Magnuson, and if, if, if he, was, he would be asking them questions, general knowledge questions, and if the buzzer went at the ends of their rounds, and he was in the middle of a question, what did he say? I've started, so I'll, I'll finish. Every time he said, I've started, so I'll finish. And, and that's exactly what God says. I've started, so I'll finish. There's no interrupting God. What God begins in your life, he will carry on to completion. God starts something, he finishes something. He who began a good work in your life will carry on to completion in the day of Christ Jesus. So that son or daughter you're concerned about, you know they had an encounter with God, but for whatever reason, They've gone astray. God started, so he'll finish. That dream that he stirred in your soul, that passion he gave you for that calling he imparted to you, and you kind of wonder, God, it seems like nothing's been happening recently. What God has started in your soul, he will finish. That person who you've been praying for for years and years and years, and you know that they met with God, and you think, man, God, have they forgotten? Have they walked away completely? You need to understand God's more committed to them than even you are. 
what God has started, He will finish. Say amen. And if you are, God is working in your life, you need to understand, He never starts something to leave an unfinished project. Never. He's not just the alpha, He's the omega, the beginning and the ending. Billy Graham and his wife Ruth, one day, years ago, were traveling on a long car journey, and they came to roadworks. And uh, it, it seemed to go on for ages and ages. There was, there was uh, rumbly roads. There was uh, kind of stop signs. There was diversions. There was stops and many slowdowns and rough patches. Eventually, after miles and miles, so it seems, of roadworks, they came to a sign. The sign said, end of construction. Thanks for your patience. Ruth turned to Billy and said, that would make a fantastic epitaph to be written on our tombstone. And Billy Graham agreed. In 2007, when Ruth Graham eventually died, that's exactly what's on her tombstone. End of construction. Thanks for your patience. <laughs> and do you know what? God is doing a work in your life. You're about to enter into a year that God is going to be working in your life this year. You're about to enter into decades. What God, will, what God has already begun, He will continue to work in your life in this decade. Uh, the construction's happening. Be, be patient with each other. God's doing a work in your soul. He will get you through. And by the way, if you're here tonight and you're not yet there with God, God so loves you. In fact, I would be as bold to say that He's actually brought you here tonight so that you can know Him. The good news is that Jesus died for you on the cross, rose again on the third day, so your sins can be forgiven. And through Jesus, you can have eternal life, relationship with God. If you have never experienced that tonight, what a great way to begin, not just a whole new year, a whole new decade, but a whole new eternal life. Give your life to God tonight. If you've never done that, I'll give you an opportunity at the end. The final point is this. Ultimately, you're going to make it. I believe you're going to make it this year because he's the God who begins works in your life and will continue it. But thirdly, have faith before you make it. You need to have faith before you make it. Jesus, one day with his disciples, he had had a very busy day of ministry and he gave them an instruction to get into a boat and this is what he said, Mark chapter 4, verse 35. Let us go over to the other side. And so the, people, the disciples got in the boat, Jesus got in the boat, and they set out. And the disciples who were seasoned fishermen, many of them, were probably aware that the, the conditions weren't going to be the best. But I don't know if it was reluctantly. They got into the boat because Jesus has said, let's go to the other side. So we trust the guy, let's go to the other side. And they got in the boat, and in the middle of the of this sea, of Sea of Galilee, a storm rose up. The waves started pounding against the boat. It looked like they weren't going to make it. And it says in, in verse 38, Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. And the disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up and rebuked the wind and the waves. Be quiet, be still. And then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why were you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? The reality is, Jesus was sleeping because he knew they were going to the other side. 
if the disciples had really trusted his words, they could also have just, do you know what? Stuffed the wind and the waves. They could have just fallen asleep. They could have been sleeping on that same journey, and yet they weren't. They could have just been resting on the words of God. Jesus said, we're going to the other sides. I trust them. I'm going to have a nice sleep in the middle of this storm. They could have had a perfectly good sleep. And there's so many times in life where you and I, could, you could have just gone to sleep. You could have just chilled out. You were all fretful. You were wondering how it's going to work out. Jesus saw you through it. We've all been singing songs about how, God, you've done great things for us. He has. And we've just got to learn to know, do you know what? The God who did great things, he's going to do great things again. Just go to sleep. Just trust him. Just rest. Believe his words. You've got to learn how to believe him before you see the results. You've got to learn to trust your unknown future to the known God. You do not know what the future holds, but you do know the one who holds your future. And you can trust your future into his hands. Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful. He will do it. The one who calls you is faithful. Say that with me. The one who calls you is faithful. He will do it. You see, the, the message tonight isn't have faith in yourself. As you go into 2020, have faith in yourself. Please don't, okay? I can't trust you as far as I can throw you, okay? Or me. Don't have faith in yourself, whatever you do. You're the most fickle individual you and I know, all right? Don't have faith in yourself. The message tonight is this, have faith in God. I, I, I'm not optimistic about the future and about I'm going to make it because I've got all that it takes. I'm optimistic about the future because he who calls me is faithful. My faith is in the faithfulness of God, in the one who's began a good work in me, who's going to absolutely see to it that he will complete the work he has started. He started, so he will finish. He's the Alpha and the Omega. You can completely trust him for every stage in your future. Faith is your responsibility. It's your response to his ability. You're trusting in his faithfulness. 1999 Champions League final. Manchester United were playing Bayern Munich. It was an amazing final. Manchester United were 1-0 down and I had minutes before the final whistle. My friends were going bananas, shouting at the TV screen, come on Manchester, come on, win this game. I was totally calm. I was totally assured we had it in the bag. With a few minutes to go, Manchester United scored the equaliser. Everyone was going crazy, but I knew it was going to happen. I was totally calm. And then with seconds to go before the final whistle, Manchester United got the final goal. They won 2-1 when they had been 1-0 down, and they stole the game. It was incredible. My friends were going bananas. I was calm all the way through. And the reason was, we were watching the, the highlights. The game had happened hours before. This was just the highlights. And you know what, church? You just get to live the highlights. Because 2,000 years ago, your victory was won on a cross and in a resurrection. So every day, every day, every challenge you face, 
You just get to live in the, in the light of the good of all that he has accomplished. He's already been in your future. He's already been at the end of next year. So trust him at the beginning. He's the only one who has that perspective. So hold on to him, trust him. He's saying, let's go over to the other side. Let's pray. God, we say thank you so much. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your goodness. God, we thank you, God, that you're the God of great beginnings and you're the God of great transitions. You're the God who's been in the future as well as being in our past. Lord God, we, some people here today are going into the future with apprehension. They're not sure. They don't feel steady. They feel fearful. So right now, we let go of those fears. In Jesus' name, I dispel fear. I dispel darkness over people's lives. Clouds of fear, we dispel in the name of Jesus. Clouds of shame, regret, in Jesus' name. Be relieved, in Jesus' name. Know God's grace. God, let your power come and fill people with hope and faith in you as they go into this next year. I believe in the most important ways we're going to make it. Might be we face some storms. Might be we face some challenges. Might go through some turmoil. Might go through some roadworks and some slowdowns and some hang-ups. But God, we know you're going to, we're going to make it. We're going to make it in you. You who have begun a good work in us, you're going to carry it on to completion. Nothing can thwart your plan for us. We trust you today, God. We trust you today. So just in God's presence, express your faith afresh to him tonight. Tell him you trust him. Tell him you trust him for the next year. In this moment, make a decision to go into the next year and the next decade in faith. Make that decision just now in God's presence. While people are praying, it might be tonight that maybe you're not yet in relationship with God. I'm so thrilled that you're here tonight. And I would love to give you an opportunity just right now. If you want God in your life, you want to know this total acceptance and forgiveness that God alone can give, then this is your moment. Pray this prayer with me under your breath. Repeat after me, dear Lord God. Thank you, Jesus, for your love for me. Thank you, Lord, for dying and rising again so that I could be forgiven. God, I know I need forgiven. Cleanse my heart. Forgive my sin. I commit myself to you today. Jesus, be Lord of my life from now on. Thank you for hearing my prayer and accepting me. Thank you.